Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. What do we hear in Matthew 5.3? Jesus delivers his sermon on the mount, and he opens with, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. These are the first words of Christ's first public proclamation. They capture the point of everything he taught during his earthly ministry, that the kingdom of heaven is, is right now at hand, present tense. Where Jesus is, there heaven is. He's promised that he's present with us when we gather in church, where two or three are gathered in his name, he says, he is present. Incomprehensibly, perhaps. Yeah, I don't know how he does that. But truly, in body and spirit, as we are in holy communion with each other, the Christian and the Christ. The kingdom of heaven is at hand every time we gather in the name of Jesus according to his word. Now, what do we hear today as we recognize All Saints Day, observe All Saints Day, the epistle reading being from 1 John 3. What do we hear there in verse 2? Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. Because you are baptized into Christ and believe that Christ is your Savior, you're God's child, dear saint, right now. Is this not what Jesus says in Matthew 5, verses 8 and 9, also part of the Sermon on the Mount? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called Sons of God, children of God, right? Christ is the ultimate peacemaker. By sacrificing himself on the cross, he made peace between man and our God. Romans 5.1, right? Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Christian, you're among the pure in heart. You might wonder, though, how did I receive a pure heart? The answer to that is baptism. And if you're not baptized and you're watching this video and you're within driving distance of St. Mark's here in Ferndale, let's talk so I can share with you how you can have a pure heart, the heart of Christ, and be numbered among the sons of God, be numbered among his saints. In the baptismal waters, with all the saints who've ever lived, indeed, with, with all the saints who've already come out of the great tribulation, who've washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb, who were persecuted for Christ's sake, reviled and martyred, with all of them, you have received a pure heart. In your baptism, your sinner within, your old Adam was drowned and a saint was born, created, 
a new man in Christ. And so we live in our baptism daily, don't we? Every day, every day, we repent of our sins, knowing that that all of our sins, past, present, future, God's outside of time, all of them have been washed away in the blood of Christ. His sacrifice on the cross paid all of our debts, every last one of them. And so every day, we live in our baptismal reality, repenting of our sins, slaying the sinner within us. Every day, you trust that you've been made holy, you've been sainted with the pure heart of Christ by the power of his Holy Spirit. So today, as we observe All Saints Day, it's a day to remember that Jesus has promised to forgive our sins, yours, mine, all of our sins, and to bring us to eternal life with him in the kingdom of heaven that he has given us right now. And we remember that. We remember this good news that our, that our Lord is good for his word. We remember that with, with an eye on the faithfully departed. We remember the gospel of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of our sins with an eye on those who have fully lived their life and they've departed as Christians, fallen asleep in Christ Jesus. Those who've already come out of this great tribulation as we heard read in the Revelation reading, this great tribulation that's befallen the church throughout this this gospel era that we live in, this, this era of the New Testament. From the stoning of Stephen that we read about in Acts all the way to the death of our most recent Christian. Indeed, until the Lord's return. All of them are saints. All of them holy, all of them poor in spirit, all these saints of old, and all of them blessed in Christ. Now, for all you Greekies out there, makarioi, that's the word blessed here. It's the state of being blessed. And Jesus puts it first in this sentence, in, in all of these sentences here in the Sermon on the Mount, to emphasize the importance of our state of being. Why? Because he wants us to understand his point. That those who are poor in spirit, those who are mourning and meek, hungering and thirsting for righteousness' sake, those who are merciful, pure in heart, peacemakers, persecuted, the reviled and the falsely accused, that is to say, those who are Christians, we are in a, the current state of being blessed by Christ. You may say to yourself, okay, pastor, but what does it mean to be blessed? We use that word flippantly these days. Someone sneezes and we say, bless you. What does does it mean? It means to be built up. Picture this if it helps, a building. If, If a building were to be described, we don't talk like this about buildings, but if we were to describe a building as being in the current state of blessing, we would say that It was being constructed. It was being built, built up, as opposed to cursed, 
which is to cut down. If we were to describe that same building in the state of being, in the state of being cursed, we would say it was, it was being torn down, it was being destroyed. To be blessed is construction. To be cursed is destruction. You are blessed by Christ. You are constructed by Christ, built up by Christ, made into someone holy by Christ through his Holy Spirit daily. He justified you on the cross. He, he atoned for your sins. He died for you. And you've been baptized into that saving work of his, his, his death, his sacrifice. You've been, you've been baptized into his life his resurrection, and his spirit daily is making you holy, daily working to bring about repentance in your life, daily working to to sanctify you, is how we say this. By your baptism into Christ's life, death, and resurrection, by your communion with Christ at his supper, you are constructed, built up, blessed. The first word of Jesus' first public proclamation is that the poor in spirit are blessed because theirs, ours, yours is the kingdom of heaven, is right now. Jesus didn't say the kingdom of heaven will be ours. It already is ours, present tense. Yes, you, me, just as much as the Lord's original hearers We are poor in spirit. The point is clear that Jesus isn't talking about financial poverty. He's not talking about fleshly, material, earthly poverty, economic poverty. It's clear that he's talking about a greater poverty, spiritual poverty. Little historical note here, by the time the evangelist published Jesus' words, the Christian church there in Jerusalem, in Judea, was indeed suffering economic poverty as well. Economic poverty. Absolutely. We read about this in Paul's missionary journeys. They included his collecting of funds to send back to the Christians in Jerusalem because they were suffering an earthly poverty. Monetary poverty was a reality they knew. And that reality Well, it became a prime setting to teach that there is more profound poverty than economic poverty. When the evangelists are printing, writing, sending out Jesus' words, it's hitting in a clear way, even down to us today. There is a poverty that every Christian knows, no matter how much money you have. Maybe you're not poor. Maybe you're extremely wealthy, but you're still a Christian, and and so you're still poor in spirit. That poor in spirit, it's referring to your relationship with God. And no, I don't mean the hokey American evangelical use of that word, relationship with God. No, no, no. Uh, I'm not talking about where you have to be convinced that you're not saved unless unless you have some sort of intimate relationship with Jesus, like he's your boyfriend and he sends you uh, chocolates at Valentine's Day and when you're praying to him, you're praying sweet nothings into your, into your lover's ears. No, none of that junk. The whole relationship, not religion dichotomy. It's, it's false. It's 
destructive. It's cursing. <laughs> it's tearing down. It destroys. It will leave you in despair as soon as you have a bad day. And you wonder, well, does my boyfriend still love me? I mean, does Jesus still love me? Everyone has a relationship with God, good or bad. We all have some sort of relationship with God. Even the demons have a relationship with God. Poor in spirit describes our position in relation to God, or in other words, our relationship with him, to use that term rightly. Our relationship to God is one of poor in spirit. Poor in spirit conveys that you and I are unable to make any claim on God, any claim. Before our king, before God, in relationship to him, we are destitute beggars. None of us, none of us has done anything to earn the kingdom of heaven, to have God pay us our wages, our salary, eternal life and salvation, forgiveness of sins. None of us has earned the right to demand that God forgive our debts, that he pays us our salary. You can't say, you can't say, see God, what a, see what a good job I've done at serving my neighbor? See how I haven't uh, coveted a single thing? I've never had a false God, how I, how I haven't defamed your good and holy name? Do you see that, God? See how I've paid attention to everything you've said? You, you wrote it down, you preserved it for me, and I've read it, and I, I live by it perfectly. I've honored my parents perfectly. There's not a single ounce of anger in my heart. I haven't lusted, <laughs> not once. Go ahead. God, take a look at my, my browser history. I think I cleared the cookies. Go ahead. I've loved my wife like she was your princess, my king. I've loved my husband like he's one of your knights willing to die for me, my king. See what good job I've done protecting other people's reputations? I never lie. I've never gossiped about anyone. I don't slander anyone. I never have, never cursed any, anybody, never cut anybody down, insulted a single person. I don't cheat. I haven't stolen a single thing, not even time. I'm not lazy. I'm not a glutton. I'm always content, Lord, with everything you've given me. I've never wanted more than you have blessed me with. I've, I've never, ever looked at what you've given someone else and said, I really wish I had that too. You can't say that. Neither can I. None of us can. In spirit, in relation to God, we're poor. We're needy. In spirit, none of us have a penny to our name. None of us have a claim on God. We're all destitute beggars. And Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you, dear saint, who know you are in relation to God as a beggar in relation to his king. Yours is the kingdom of heaven. Not because you've earned it, but because Christ gave it to you freely out of God's grace. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. Or how, how about consider the words of Philippians 2, 5 to 11. Have this in mind among yourselves, 
which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And so St. John rightly says, he rightly points out that the Father loves us in a particular way. He says, see what kind of love the Father has given to us? That we should be called children of God. Not employees of God, not servants of God, children of God. And so we are, even though we haven't earned it. The reason why the world doesn't know us is that it, it didn't know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. In other words, as Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Like all the saints that have fallen asleep in Christ, blessed are you, you dear saint, who are poor in spirit, who have come to the Lord to be in the current state of blessing, to be built up, who, who bow their knees in confession and beg for God's forgiveness, who hear the great blessing that your sins are forgiven. Jesus Christ died to earn your forgiveness. You are forgiven. Yours is the kingdom of heaven right now. Amen.